This is The Reality. And a hearty hello to you once again. Welcome to The Reality. It's a half-hour talk show talking about the reality of life as found in the right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I'm Dudley Anderson. So good to be with you. Today on The Reality, we're meeting Chris Eaton. Chris Eaton is a singer-songwriter. He's well known for the Cliff Richard number one song in 1990, Saviour's Day. Since the early 1980s, Chris Eaton has been writing life-changing music and is considered to be one of Britain's classic songwriters. His songs have been recorded by the likes of Sir Cliff Richard, Amy Grant, Jessica Simpson, Janet Jackson, Donna Summer, Grover Washington Jr., Keith Urban, and many others. Many of Chris's songs have hit the number one spot on the pop and CCM charts in the United Kingdom and in the USA. Some songs have gone on to become international Christmas and CCM standards, such as Breath of Heaven, recorded by Amy Grant, and Saviour's Day, as recorded by Cliff Richard. Chris Eaton came to know Jesus Christ as a child, but it was only in his teens that he had a deeper revelation of who Jesus was. All the sins, all the wrong things I had ever done or could ever do, God would see me as clean because of his son. And uh, we, we do life together. So I started writing songs and singing. I'd always sung. So I was a singer-songwriter at the age of 14. And then I had this faith, you know, enlightenment. For me, it was a calling, which is probably the reason why I'm still doing it, you know, 40-odd years into my career. Well, it's my privilege to be able to sit with Chris Eaton in his lovely home here in central England. Uh, Chris, it's lovely to, to be with you. Thank you so much for the invite to come and chat with you about your life, your work, your experiences, uh, your music, very well known as a songwriter. But let's begin at the beginning. You know, you're a man of God. You serve Jesus. You write Christian music. How did you find Jesus as Lord and Saviour? Well, uh, firstly, let me say it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you, Dudley. Um, I love it when the first question I ever get is, so how did you come to know Jesus? That's um, because that really is the central focus of my life, always has been. Mm. Um, when I was growing up, my parents uh, took me to church when I was very young. In fact, I was a boy chorister uh, in an Anglican church for many, many years. And I look back now, and although uh, I don't think that specifically pointed me towards my faith, what it did was it gave me a great grounding uh, in terms of ethics and um, the kind of way I should live my life. Although I never really heard the sort of praise of Jesus in a, in a church environment until I was much older. But I did get confirmed uh, into the Anglican church uh, when I was 12. And then I kind of just drifted and went my own way. And, and then through some school friends, actually when I was 16, um, they would, I, I would think of myself as a Christian and they'd be like, well, how can you be a Christian if you if you swear and you, and, you, and, you, and all this kind of stuff, and you, know, and you kind of live the life the way you live it. And those uh, teenage years, you know, it's very, it's a hard world out there. You get judged very easily for your, the way you live your life. And, um, you know, I was, a good, I was a good boy generally, but I was also looking at other religions and, and I was very open to whatever was out there. And then uh, one of my best friends said, look, why don't you just come to our church? Um, it's a lovely church, great people. You know, we love Jesus and we'd love to get you involved in that. So I started going to a Methodist church um, where I heard open prayer for the first time. I heard um, there was a real sense of warmth and love and respect with the people who were there. 
And they just had this, I don't know, you know, desire to, to introduce me to God in a, a personal way through, through his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only way I, I was sort of able to do that, I think, was to begin to understand why Jesus did what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew all the facts mm-hmm. from years before. I knew that he died on the cross. I knew the reasons. But I never processed it as a personal thing, that all the sins, all the wrong things I had ever done or could ever do, God would see me as clean because of his son mm-hmm. and what his son had done. And um, that just, once it sunk in, I, it really broke me in a, in a, a, a wonderful way. Mm-hmm. And I was invited, I actually went to a Don Summers crusade, uh, uh, who was a very famous evangelist back in the day. And, and I just felt I should put my hand up and walk to the front and do some kind of crazy, okay, this is me. <laughs> and, but... Honestly, Dudley, it wasn't, that was the momentary thing. And the next few months, really, I sort of started to learn more about the life of a Christian and that it meant commitment. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it meant not just sort of accepting, you know, that, that Jesus had died for me, but actually beginning to get to know him as a friend, mm. uh, as someone who could be in my life and, um, and lead lead me and, and guide me through through life and the ups and downs and and it's um and there's been a million ups and downs <laughs> since then as you know and we all have them mm-hmm. and so i suppose i could say you know what drew me to christianity i think there's no question it was the the amazing power of the gospel it was the ama- amazing power of the fact that god who i always believed in as this sort of supreme entity loved me enough to send his son mm-hmm. to die for me, mm-hmm. and uh, and now, you know, we can't. There's no you, there's no tangible need uh, actually to feel or see God or see Jesus in front of me physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we do life together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I like that doing life together. Absolutely, uh, very similar, dare I say, to my own story. Okay, Chris, uh, uh, I grew up in uh, or. or christened in a Presbyterian church and, and loved them, you know, loved the Anglican church, loved the, the Presbyterians, uh, more traditional uh, way of thinking. Um, however, what I'm hearing from your story is uh, you grew up in this religion of Christianity. So is there a difference between the religion and relationship with God? Absolutely. I think there's a massive difference, but I think it comes down to you yourself being able to choose to go towards God, you know, um, God uh, comes towards us and, allow, and, and offers us this peace and offers us this, this relationship, which you don't really, um, you know, re- uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, there are a lot of people who I know who are uh, dedicated religious people of different faiths, and they have a really uh, earnest and sincere desire to get closer to God. But I realized at an early age I couldn't get close to God. How can I, a sinner, get close to God? God is pure and perfect and, and you know, the, the epitome of truth and purity. And, and I am the opposite of pure. <laughs> so how, you know, I, I just felt like as I was kind of moving towards God, um, that I wasn't able to, to get any further because it was like, I, you know, I, I just felt the power of that um, quality that I, I couldn't come near, get anywhere near. Um, but then, because I listened to the gospel, 
uh, it, it was, I believe God was actually talking to me and saying to me, uh, look, you don't have to come near. I'm with you. I'm right there next to you. You know, you don't have to come towards me or try to find me. You don't have to do a million good things. And, you know, the Bible says, you know, all the good things are effectively as dirty rags. And then God's not saying don't be a good child, but he's saying you could you could try and impress me, if you like, with your goodness and with your the kind of person that you are all of your life. And it still will get nowhere near the purity um, that is in the center of God. So how do we how do we work that one out? And and I just that's again came down to the that sense that Jesus was saying to me, "Look, I've done it. It's already done. It's it's the, almost the opposite of religious. You know, religion is it, to me is being uh, steadfast and upright and walking towards a, a faith." trying to find your faith in a God through your good deeds or through um, a, an organized way of life. And, and Jesus put pay to that, put an end to that, because that had been going on with the Pharisees for thousands of years. You know, the, the, the Old Testament is full of people doing their best to find God and, and making sacrifices and thank the Lord. There came a point in history where God said enough is enough. And that, at that point, the beauty of grace. That was the thing that really struck me. You are given something you don't deserve. And I will never deserve it, but I'm so grateful for it. Um, it gives me an incredible hope you know, for the future, which is why I want to do this interview. Because to me, all of you out there, whoever's listening, um, there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, this, this is, people go, oh, you know, Jesus fanatic, mm, not sure. You know, the world is going a different direction. We're all things to all men. Um, I don't know how it would appear to you, but all I can tell you is that if you are allowed or you can give yourself the opportunity of opening your heart to the truth of the gospel, it will absolutely change your life forever. Absolutely change your life forever. Indeed, um, Chris, you know, it's, it's a person we call Jesus, our personal Lord and Savior. Um, and religion for me is generic. It's general, you know, um, whereas right relationship with God through Jesus and the grace of God. It's, it's a personal encounter. That's why we call him our personal Lord and Savior and by the Holy Spirit, who is omnipresent. <laughs> and he's personally with you as he can be personally with me. So we have personal relationship with Jesus. Wonderful stuff. Thank you so much for that. We're going to take a little break. Chris, come back, and we're going to be talking about your music. You're listening to The Reality, produced by Sheer Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sheer Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. Well, if you've just joined us, it's really good to have your company. My name's Dudley Anderson. This is The Reality. It's a half an hour talk show talking about the reality of Jesus Christ. Now, if you've got a story to tell, if you've had, or if you have some questions about what we've already been speaking about today on The Reality Show, I would love to hear from you. Write to me, Dudley, at surereality.net. 
Well, today on The Reality, we're speaking to singer-songwriter Chris Eaton. Chris has shared how he personally developed a relationship with the Almighty God after growing up in a religious environment. You see, he says, religion is our attempt to reach out to God through works and effort. However, the reality of real Christianity is God reaching down to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. Chris has shared how he was invited into a church where he witnessed people walking in an intimate relationship, a personal relationship with God. He said that religion is broad and impersonal, but a true faith in God is a personal encounter, a relationship with God through what Jesus did at Calvary. God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Why? Well, you see, because the Bible says the wages, the consequences of sin, is death. Not just physical death, as we shall all physically die, but a death after death, if you like, an eternal separation from righteousness, goodness, joy, happiness, and love. That is the result of sin. But the Bible says that God made him, that is Jesus Christ, the one we're speaking about today, he made him a sacrifice for sin on our behalf. And that's what the cross was all about. Jesus was sacrificed on the cross. Jesus was sinless. And yet he took those wages of sin for us upon the cross and died for us. But the good news is, because Jesus was sinless, he did not stay dead. Death could not hold him down because he was not guilty of sin. And by the power of God's Spirit, Jesus Christ rose again. So if you and I, as Chris has done, put our faith in Jesus Christ and enter into a right relationship with God through committing our hearts to Christ, believing that he died for us and confessing him to be Lord of our lives, we too can do life together with God. If you'd like to know more about that, again, drop me an email. It's dudley at surereality.net. Well, Chris Eaton went on to base his life experience and his life work on that personal relationship with God. He said that God and him do life together. Let's find out more about Chris Eaton and his music today on The Reality. Well, really good to be with Chris Eaton today. Uh, I would call him a songwriter extraordinaire. Wow. <laughs> songwriter writing music uh, in the Christian world. You've written music for, uh, for secular artists. You've written music for some amazing artists around the world. Chris, and uh, it's really good to be able to talk with you. So uh, music, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I was forced to go and learn to play piano. I used to sit in the piano stool and uh, Mrs. Mrs. Wasserman, my... My music oh, my teacher God. used to sit next to me and I used to go up and down the scales. I hated every minute of it. Sadly, <laughs> I gave it up. But you didn't. How did you get into music? Well, I had piano lessons when I was six years old for eight years until I was 14. And that also coincided with my parents taking me to church. My piano teacher was also my choir master. And he was a brilliant organist. He was the organist in our church. His name was Abraham Gill. And he's one of my heroes. And uh, when I look back, you know, I was, my mum and dad used to sit me next to the organ when I was a little boy and I would just be mesmerised mm. by his playing. Mm-hmm. And he would do Vidor's Toccata in Fugue, which you would know as a, as a wedding piece, you know, amazing. And the actual notes were like, it was that fast. Wow. And... People on a pipe could organ. never on, on a, a pipe, pipe organ, yeah. huge pipe organ, would just and then the bass would come in, <laughs> and it was just wonderful. And he was so good. And I think, um, like I'm trying to, I've got a ten year old boy now, 
and I've tried to get Bo on the piano and he's, he's not interested at the moment <laughs> and it, it's it's a whole different world but I think that discipline in those days was good for me and it just got me to a point where I knew I could play but I hated scales as well I hated <laughs> arpeggios I couldn't stand them and I got to grade six and I passed my grade six and my next grade would then was was eight and then after eight it's sort of concert level and um and I didn't I didn't want to do any more. I got to the age of 14 and I thought, I told my parents, I said, look, I'm not going to have any lessons anymore. Um, I'm more, way more interested in pop. And girls. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I wanted to use the music to get to the girls. <laughs> right, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was the thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, you know, I was listening back in the day, we were talking uh, mid-70s, I was listening to Billy Joel. I was a massive Billy Joel fan. Elton John, a great, great piano players of the, of the pop world, uh, particularly Billy Joel. And, and I would have books uh, bought me that were music books, manuscript books of all the pop songs of the day, Beatles books and stuff like that. But I found that I played them better when I wasn't reading them. Mm-hmm. So I basically threw all my books out and just started playing really by ear wow. all, all the time. Yeah. And that was a time when I, it was my formulative years of writing songs because I would... I'd just start playing with chords and just sounds and, and I'd put my fingers on different notes and feel this something happening because I was creating a more interesting chord. And it wasn't necessarily jazz, but it was playing with ninths and minor ninths and, and fourths and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. It's rich. It's mm-hmm. richer. So I started writing songs and singing. I'd always sung. So I was a singer-songwriter at the age of 14. And I used to, I joined a band, or created a band, and was the, was the lead singer and piano player and writer for that band for a couple of years, just locally. Um, then I joined a band with a guy called Mark Williamson, who was already an established Christian artist, and we got together, and I was in his band, and we played semi-pro for probably four or five years, had an absolute blast, mm-hmm. best time ever. Um, and we were out most weekends, you know, we were doing probably 60, 70 shows a year. Wow, amazing. Um, wow. And it was just fantastic. You know, the, the young people that we played for in different churches and coffee bars and universities absolutely loved it. We always had a blast. We, we, we did crazy things in the middle of songs. We would do a conga. We'd, we'd like be in a rock, the middle of a rock song, you know, and then we'd just stop in the middle of the song and go, and then we'd like jump off the stage, grab the front row, and the next thing we knew, we got 300 people in a conga line, and and then we just, you know, jumped back on stage and carried on. It was, we had, I mean, music is so great, isn't it? It's just part of my blood, and it's rich, and it's fun, and I'm not, even though I'm probably, you know, known as more of a ballad writer for people like Sir Cliff Richard, um, you know, my joy of music and my understanding of music is right across the board. Mm. So, I mean, I love melody. I'm crazy about melody, but I love rhythms. I love, I love ethnic rhythms. I love pop, rock, jazz, funk, mm. soul. <laughs> um, you know, there's elements to it all that, that I, I really enjoy understanding, not, not from a scientific point of view, but just how it moves me. And it's always fun. Mm. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. So... Some of the artists that you've written for, you've written for Sir Cliff Richard, uh, and uh, there was a, a very famous um, uh, Christmas song that uh, he, it was number one in the UK, Christmas number one, um, Saviour's Day, am I right? You are um, right. So tell me some of the artists that you've written for. 
Oh gosh, you should know more than me. <laughs> I forget these days. I mean, the two, to be honest, I've written for, for many different American artists um, in both the Christian world and the pop mainstream world. Um, I've just, I'm just thinking Kenny Rogers, Kenny Loggins, uh, Patty Austin, um, Denise Williams, Donna Summer, uh, Amy Grant, obviously. Um, uh, yeah. Wow. Okay, it goes on and on. Again, a lot of these artists are in different genres. So there has to be that element where the, the binding thing is, is faith. And, and a lot of the time, you know, as a Christian, you know, when I first became a Christian, I remember in my sort of uh, formulative days, a very innocent sort of naive, really, days, I would be like, I'm only ever going to write songs about Jesus because I'd written songs when I was 14, 15, 16 that were just pop songs. And then I had this faith, uh, you know, enlightenment, which helped me, well, well it sort of gave me a peace, if you like, and, a, and, a, and a, um, a direction in my life and my music. It was a calling. For me, it was a calling, which is probably the reason why I'm sitting here at a ripe old age of <clears throat> um, still doing it. I'm still doing it, you know, 40 odd years into my career. And that's because God has led me through that and there's been a direction and a calling on my life, which I've never had a question about. Um, and so, and that calling, I think, was one of the reasons why I ended up getting in full-time music because it was almost like the dot-to-dots of the way God put my uh, communications together and, and the way I met people at a certain time. It was just, it, it was incredible how it happened that I actually was able to get into the industry and not just... So let's say I was in the industry, but not really be in it. You know, I was, I was very, very, I mean, some people would call it fortune, luck. I, I think it was absolutely um, meant to be. The grace of God. God yeah. Grace is God's and, and, doing, he does it. So, yeah. um, Chris, how does it feel when, when you're listening to the radio and, um, and Cliff Richard comes on or, or some of these, these artists come on and you hear your song produced by this artist? How does it make you feel? Uh, I mean, of course, there's always a, an element of, big gratitude and, and, and you're, you know, you're just thrilled to be part of something that is, has a message that is actually getting through to the nation or to the people that are listening to it. I mean, Save His Day is the best example of that, of course. Um, it was a song that, actually I was commissioned to write a song or, or asked to write a song that was gonna be some sort of a strong message at Christmas by a guy called Steve Chalk, who was uh, the head of Oasis Trust and Steve was, was, had asked me to write something for something called Christmas Unwrapped. Um, and as I was thinking about that, that kind of was the motivation for me to sit down at the piano and say, right, let's do something. And God just gave me the phrase, Saviour's Day. You know, Christmas Day is Saviour's Day. Mm-hmm. Every day is Saviour's Day. Absolutely. Uh, and your Saviour's Day is the moment that you step into that relationship with God. And it can happen on Christmas Day or it can happen any day. But the fact, the fact was, Without Christmas, it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, and I just thought, what do I love about, I just I always write very honestly. What do I love about Christmas for me? What's, what's important for me? I'm always traveling. It's important for me to get back home, to be with my family. Um, I realize that it brings generations together. You know, old, young, new babies, you know, people who are just, you know, the last legs or whatever. Everyone's got... That the family is such a unique, wonderful thing that's, that's um, um, just uh, 
celebrated mm-hmm. at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So talking about family, we've only got a, a couple of minutes okay, right. left. Uh, Chris, um, you're married to Abby, who's also a singer. You've got a yeah. 10-year-old boy. Tell yeah. us about your family. Well, yes, I was very... Um, I was led to, to meet this lovely lady, Abby. I was doing a concert, actually, in her church, and Abby was part of my backing band, and she sang like an angel. <laughs> and, and I stopped. I was in the middle of a song, and I looked up, and she was standing above me, and her eyes were closed, and she was singing in the most perfect way. She just shone from head to toe. Uh, everything that came out of her, vo- her mouth was just uh, God-given. And... You know, for me to have to have met someone uh, who was on the same page in terms of her love of music and her love of God, those were the two massive things that kept us and have kept us together in all this time. Um, she's amazing. She's a lot younger than me, and she puts up with me, which is great. So um, you know, I've got a ready-made nurse for when it all goes pear-shaped. Um, she is just incredible. She's got a fantastic voice. She works for a, a wonderful skincare company called Temple Spa, uh, who everyone should check out because it is fantastic. The, 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 I know we haven't got long, but the, um, the time that Abby puts into that in terms of, it's because of the wellness aspect of it. It's not, she's not just in sales. You know, she's selling a product or working with a product that she knows has a healing quality. And, and, the, and the fact that it gets her together with girls and ladies of all ages and they're able to, uh, I think, bond in a way through this product. It's almost like the product is a sideline of them getting together and just being there for each other. And there's a massive value in that. And mm-hmm. Abby's, a, she's a people's person. She's a carer. She's a gift person. And uh, yeah, she gifted me with a little boy wow. uh, 10 years ago. Bo is he's now... Um, yeah, he's with be 11 in October. He's a massive football fan. He's uh, playing for a, the advanced training at Wolves at the moment, which is my fantastic team that I love. Okay. And um, he loves his sport. He's a uh, happy, bright boy, and uh, cool. we're very blessed. And he is talented. I've seen him on, on um, your Facebook. He feed. is. Singing. Great kid. Yeah, he's got a fantastic voice. And um, if he'd spent a bit more time singing and less time on his Xbox, we might actually get somewhere... <laughs> But um, no, he's he's fantastic. We've actually toured together already. We did a little Christmas tour last year, and we'll be we'll be doing some more touring this year. Um, we've already got a couple of things in the diary for later in the year when he'll sing with us. So fantastic. it's a bit like the Waltons, really. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic, Chris Eden has been absolutely fantastic speaking with you. There's so much more we could talk talk to you about. We pray God's richest blessing on your work and your ministry and your family. Thank you for joining us. for you.
privilege today to speak to Chris Eaton on The Reality. Winding up our chat with a little sample of Breath of Heaven from the album Dare to Dream. If you'd like to know more about anything we've said today, then do drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. If anything we've said has just struck a chord in your heart, I'd love to hear from you. It's dudley at surereality.net. Our big thanks to Chris Eaton for joining us today on The Reality. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. With your prayers and financial support, we can produce these radio programs that are impacting lives around the world. Please consider partnering with us. Become a vision partner at the website surereality.net. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you, as always, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you.